Hey there, Perfect Organism family all around the world. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, we hope that your 2023 is off to a great start. This is Patrick on behalf of the whole crew. And before we get things started today, we just wanted to pass along an exclusive discount code that today's guest, Adam Ezekiel, has made available only for listeners of Perfect Organism. So head over to NostromoCrew.com, enter the code PERFECT10 at checkout, and get 10% off anything. Again, that's NostromoCrew.com, and the code is PERFECT10, that's a one zero, all one word, PERFECT10, at checkout, and you can get 10% off uniforms, prop replicas, patches, you name it. Thank you so much to Adam for making this offer available. Thank you so much to you for listening. And without further ado, let's kick off 2023 with a great interview with Adam Ezekiel. Enjoy, everybody. This son of a bitch is huge. I mean, it's like a man. It, it's big. Okay, son. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study. Not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. You have my word on it. All right, I'm in. Let's rock! Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. I am your host, Jamie Prater, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Patrick Green, Christian Motzka. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing well, hanging in there. We're in that yeah. weird week between Christmas and New Year's where everything kind of falls to shit, but it's okay because, you know, it's kind of a free week. And I'm <laughs> really that excited weird space about between COVID and the flu, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where everybody, just the viruses are swirling. <laughs> But I'm excited and I'm going to turn this over to Christian in a second. But, you know, one of the things we love so much about having Christian as part of the core, you know, membership of this podcast is you bring all of this expertise with costuming and prop design and all these amazing things that Jamie and I appreciate, but don't have the level of expert knowledge that you have. And uh, so to hear you be awed by somebody else's, you know, knowledge on the subject really is saying something. And I know our guest tonight is just that person. So why don't you go ahead and intro him, Christian? Yes, because you've just built up my imposter syndrome in a wonderful way, because <laughs> where I thought I knew what I was talking about with Nostromo uniforms, um, our guest tonight is Adam Ezekiel, and he knows. He knows so much about this stuff. So Adam, tell us tell us uh, how you got into all this. Hi. First of all, I'm super excited and happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I've been, you know, a long time listener of the show. I never, ever imagined, you know, being on as a guest. But I think my initial kind of introduction to it, to this, to this film, to the Alien franchise, initially it was just Alien. I think I was seven or eight years old and at my grandparents' place. I don't know how I was allowed to watch this, but I was. And uh, I think it just left such an imprint on you know, my undeveloped brain that, uh, uh, you know, I've never seen anything like this before. I remember the first time seeing the uh, the space jockey, for example. And that scene, if you remember when they climb, when Dallas and Lambert climb up to take a, like a close look of the, of the space jockey, and then they climb down and the camera stays on the space jockey, zooms in. My child brain was going like, this is still alive. It's like an alien creature that we don't know anything about. And it's watching them. And I convinced myself that I saw movement in that those two seconds. And like only years later, I realized, that, oh, I watched it again. And oh, there was no movement there, you know? So, <clears throat> but I think that the, uh, just the fact that it was so mesmerizing, I've never seen anything like it. And the set, the sets especially really took me in. I think that the years later, you know, I, the more I matured, the more I came to appreciate this film even more. And the whole aspect of, like, I really like uh, immersive theater. If you have ever, 
experience that. And um, so like the aspect of immersive, uh, the immersiveness of, of the film, the sets, the set decoration, the costumes. And I think that that kind of set the seed of what I ended up doing years later, which was honestly was a, kind of a, a like a hobby of mine. I never intended for it to be what it kind of turned into. And just going back to what you said, Christian, I'm not, I don't think I'm a, you know, a, a super expert or anything about this, uh, this film, you know, a lot of the, the info is, is out there. And I think I just dug maybe a little deeper than what some other people would, would dig, especially with, um, with recreating some things. So basically what I, what I do now is I, I guess I'm still working out like, how do I describe what I do exactly? Sure. And so I repro make reproductions of pieces, articles of the costumes from the film. You are literally making the uniforms. And when you ship these out, it, it, it arrives as though Whale Yutani has just sent you, <laughs> you know, here, here's your uniform and, and uh, you're going into cryo sleep in, in five minutes. So, you know, stow this away. So that, that, that was exactly, that was my goal. I was thinking, if you remember, because you also, maybe we'll get to that uh, later, you helped me with some aspects of the design of the shirt. And part of that immersiveness, I wanted the entire experience to feel as though this is a company issue, military issue item, you know? from every aspect, like the clothing label, the, I didn't want to, I was so, I guess in other words, I was so tired of having other experiences of, you know, ordering, seeing something online, being really hyped about it, ordering it and being disappointed, you know? And I really, my main focus on these, which is also a reason why it's been, it's, it's been a project that took me so long is, uh is the the amount of time and investment that went into getting trying to i don't wouldn't say it, it's perfect but i'm aspiring to getting uh as many details as i can as as close to the original as possible and through that that's how i learned about the you know all the all the other uh just the level of detail that they went into with these costumes some of them that are, you know, aren't even, uh, you can't even see on screen. For example, the pattern on the buttons of the shirts. Only, I think, maybe on, on the 4K edition, in some scenes, you can see that there is some sort of pattern on that button. But uh, no, you know, there's no, there's no close-up of that, for example. And I'm now convinced that that pattern was custom made for the film uh, uh, by the costume designer John Mollo because it matches one to one the nozzle, the design of the nozzle of the of the ship of the Nostromo. Like the amount of the number of spikes, the shape of it, the hexagonal uh, arrangement, it's exactly one to one. So um, you helped me with the, um, I was struggling with uh, vectorizing that design. And I really think that, um, you know, getting, that was one of the details on these shirts that would either make it or break it. You know, if, uh, if, I, if I just put on like a, like a generic, uh, like gold plated um, spring snap button, which is exactly what they use in the film it wouldn't have been the same if I wouldn't have gotten, went to that length to, to get the correct design, to find a, you know, like a, a manufacturer that makes buttons with, this, with a custom design on them and have that made. Uh, and, you know, most of these manufacturers, they 
you know, the minimum orders for them is quite substantial. Uh, so it was definitely an, an investment, but I had to have, it's basically was, uh, you know, like for me, I want, I wanted to have a shirt or parts of those, uni- of those uniforms, the shirts, the pants, the, the jackets. I wanted to have that, that, uh, uh, that level of accuracy. I wanted to go that extra mile. And that's really what differentiates what you're doing from previous attempts, because you're not the first person to say, I'm going to make Nostromo uniforms. And I, I have some, some other examples, and there's always sort of a, that's close enough, or I, I eyeballed it and I think it's okay. And those buttons are a perfect example because everyone else has just smooth buttons. And these buttons, yes, you know, when, when you actually see close-ups of the original product, or original costume, and as Adam was saying, you know, if you look at the back of the, of the, the model of the Nostromo, the inside of the engines has an identical pattern to these buttons, which is a very bizarre thing. Uh, you, you don't ever see the engines unlit in the movie. They're always, you know, it's always light pouring out of them, but that detail was there. And so Adam had come to me, we'd, we'd struck up a, a, a conversation. As soon as I saw what he was doing, I, I just wanted to, to kind of pick his brain and so, you know, we became friendly that way. And he said to me, oh man, I'm having a hard time with this, with this pattern. Can you help me make vector art? And I said, oh, sure, I'll try. So I'm sitting there on my computer trying to do this. And my wife, who's a graphic designer, walks by and just shakes her head like, no, 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 that's not how you do that. So she took it over and made the actual, you know, clean vector art, which Adam was then able to use for the buttons. So that's my small contribution to the overall product so to back up a little bit um as we know as christian introduced you recreate elements of the costumes from the movie alien in in incredible detail of course i bought a hat from you which i absolutely love it's sitting right behind me on the shelf and you do jackets and shirts and pants and many and other things but my question to you is where at what point were you like I need that. I need that in my life and I can't buy that and I can't find that. So I'm going to need to make that. So I'm going to start making that. And then from there, how did it turn into, I'm going to start making more. So this this is actually, I'm I'm so happy you asked that because the structure helped me a little bit. Um, But um, yeah, so this was about uh, six years ago now um, where I was kind of in a, you know, in a job that, I liked, but I was kind of stuck. I was bored. Um, and I had, I always loved Alien. And I tried to find like a, 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 a hobby to develop, I guess. And I really wanted uh, a Ripley jumpsuit. And I looked online and I couldn't find anything that was close enough. And then I also thought to myself, well, if I get a jumpsuit, I can only wear it in Halloween. And maybe in some Comic Cons. If I get a jacket, that's something I can wear uh, more often. And then I, the same thing. I looked online for an Ostromo jacket, and as you know, the you know the internet is awash with all kinds of things that aren't don't even remotely look like an Ostromo an, an authentic Ostromo jacket. So then I thought to myself, okay, I need to research this, and I'll make one just for myself. And I was able to do that. Uh, it was kind of, you know, half-assed. Uh, but, but the thing is that the process of making that first one jacket showed me, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And uh, But I didn't think any more of that. That so was like, I was happy with it. I liked it. It was my jacket. I made it. I'm happy with it. Uh, we, I went to a screening of Alien uh, in the theaters. Every time there's a screening that I'm able to go to, I go to. And after the screening, uh, someone just walked up to me, uh, amazed my my jacket, and offered to buy it right there off my back. Honestly, I didn't think that he was serious. So I said the number. And he said, done deal. Went to an ADM and paid me immediately. And so at that moment, I thought to myself, hmm, okay. First of all, I thought I should have asked for a higher number. And second, I thought, I'll take this money. I'll make myself a better, more improved, more accurate 
Nostromo jacket. That kind of started the ball, the ball on rolling on, on getting the different different elements of the jacket uh, right. So, for example, the type of webbing is very specific. The type of, of the pink piping on on the collar is also very specific and very hard to come by. And the main the the main uh, the main aspect that was extremely difficult were the wings. So the wings, it turns out, uh, were um, gold wire, handmade gold wire uh, that the costume designer John Molo had made in England at the time. And the more I researched about them, the about this method of, of making um, uh, this this met- method of embroidery, uh, the more I found that this, it, this was, was an, basically a dying art. It's mostly f- for made for like for religious uh, clothing, for royal regalia, high military ranks, um, and but I started. I tried, I still have my first ones here somewhere, but that was the beginning of almost a two-year journey of making a version of those rings and then making it again and again and again, just kind of a, a meditating, uh, meditative process of hand embroidery, which is extremely labor-intensive and a little bit insane, but uh, but it kind of calmed me down. And I got to a point where they were... I thought really, really good. Um, and uh, a catalyst after that was, I, I was a big fan of um, Mythbusters, Adam Savage, uh, and I knew that he was a big alien fan. And I thought to myself, I'm gonna make Adam Savage a pair of rings. I know it's very naive, but that was what it was. And uh, I'm gonna send it to him. And I honestly didn't think that I thought, you know, he gets, you know, stuff from people all over the world all the time. He's going to see this. He's seen it before. He has millions of these. It's not anything uh, significant, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I thought at the time. And he received them and he loved them. And he made a YouTube video review. And you know that in this day and age, a YouTube video review from someone prominent in the field you know that from that point on i had many people who contacted me about getting a pair of my wings and that started kind of a snowball of okay um uh what other element of the jacket can i can i improve that wasn't available so for example the the webbing that they use that they used in the film for for the arms on the cane and Dallas jacket and for the front of the jackets for Dallas is take are taken from um uh US uh Air Force high pressure altitude uh anti-G suits. So they basically took those suits apart, sewed them onto the jackets, and the type of the webbing is very particular, very specific. The I looked all over the place uh for days and days and days and hours and I could not find the exact same type of webbing. And it got to a point where it was, uh, it made sense for me to actually approach like a a mill that makes uh, webbings for parachutes for the military. I sent, I was able to get a sample of one of these suits, which is very difficult to do and very expensive because they were made like in the fifties. And um, I had like an inch, piece of that webbing and I sent that into the smell and they were able to make me a bunch of that same webbing and the feel of it is just it's it's different compared to anything else that's available and that I tried I tried almost everything that's available that looks similar but this is just so different and uh that's another aspect of it's an kind of an um, a, a, a continuous improving on on like the you know the different aspects of these jackets so far we just have um we only have reference photos of um kane's screen worn jackets dallas's jacket is kind of lost because some people i heard some rumors that uh tom scarrett actually has still has his uh but we have photos of kane's jacket and taken 
photos taken in daylight shows that the jackets were kind of gray, purple, bluish, kind of a weird washed out color. And that's an aspect that is extremely difficult to achieve on, on the new ones. Um, so yeah, so basically use um, kind of surplus vintage, the same type of types of jackets that they used back in the film are still available. They, they still use the same design, uh, the RAF. Uh, which is, you know, where they, which is, was where, you know, the costume designer at the time in England, that's, you know, the, the, the material he had to work with available over there. ended up turning into to a small business is I, I honestly didn't ever think that there was so much demand but there would be demand for this um, at the end of that same video with uh, Adam Savage he says at the end um, uh, when he showed when he showed off the wings uh, I just don't have a good enough shirt I might have need to try and find maybe I'll find I'll get a few and I'll be able to make one and that was kind of the the ring of the bell for me, it was also the beginning of COVID. I had a lot of time on my hands and I thought to myself, why don't I try and make these shirts? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I befriended a good friend of mine, um, Steve Laborto, who he had he was good friends with uh, Bob Burns. If you know Bob Burns, he had a um, collector. He also was a, um, a special effects uh, person in the film industry in the early, I think, 70s and 60s. And he had, still has a few of the uh, of the costumes from the original film. And Steve went to his house about. Uh, 10, 15 years ago and took photos with measurements of uh, of all of the design elements on the shirts and pants, for example. Uh, Steve is also the, the person who makes uh, him and his wife, Danita, they make uh, replicas of the uh, uh, spacesuits, the dinosaur suits. The one Adam Savage has, for example, is a one uh, is a, uh, is a space that uh, they made. And he was kind enough to share those details with me and i kind of took that and i uh, went through the process of figuring out the 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 type of fabric that they use because that was also very uh, a crucial element here is that in order for the uniform to look wrinkled and worn and used uh they chose linen which wrinkles very easily so that's the the fabric for the shirt for example figuring out what uh, uh, weight of fabric it was and uh, the type of pink piping, the same pink piping that they used on the jackets, on the collar for the jackets, is the same pink piping that they used for the shirts on the collar and on the uh, the, the pocket flaps, for example. Um, and at that time, I already had, I had the wings down. That was after two years of working on the wings separately and uh yeah so i basically i thought to myself okay if i want this for myself then you know and uh, i had you know if i want for example it, it, it became kind of a, a, a bottleneck that if i wanted this because the whole thing started with, with i wanted it for myself and if i wanted for example the buttons for myself, I had to buy the minimum order from manufacturers in China, which is basically the only place they make custom buttons now is 2,000 pieces, for example. So I was, okay, if I want to make it viable for myself, that means I need to collect, you know, another 20, 30 friends and make like a small run out of it. So I started a project run on the, on the RPF uh which is a form for uh for like costume makers props um 
movie issues. But the thing is that it's a form that also has a, a lot of people who deal in this industry a lot, uh, professionals, a lot of professionals, and a lot of honestly major major feedback that I received through through people on that forum really helped me fine tune all these little little minutia details on the uniform. And I honestly thought to myself that, that would be around 20, 30 people at the maximum. At this point, I think that was already almost uh, two years ago. At this point, I think we're over uh, over 200. So that kind of had me, I, I had to kind of change gear and switch from, okay, I'm making a small run in, into I need to actually hire seamstress sewers you know because if i, I this was one something something i could do entirely by myself and uh it just grew from there it's kind of uh insane when i think about it now but uh one of my main like points of of concern was i wanted every single thing that i send out to to be as though it was made for myself you know and i know it's very very extremely difficult to to achieve that but and that's the that's the reason some of my orders takes uh, take so much time, uh, because I didn't want to sacrifice uh, quality for speed. Honestly, I'm very proud of 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 what I was able to achieve so far. This again was was with the help of of so many people, of Steve, of other friends of mine who helped me with uh, with uh, color paletting, with um, testing of. Uh, proof testing of, of samples, for example, there was so much work that went into it. I didn't even talk about the uh, the the shoulder patches, the Nostromo shoulder patches. So that was another, another issue that um, I knew what the originals looked like. I loved the look of it, that retro, and every single um, Nostromo shoulder patch that I saw on eBay or on Etsy, close but nowhere near when 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 i when when one really looks at the, the minute detail and so that was another kind of a project that i decided to okay if i can't can't find it anywhere else then i need to make it for myself i'm going to try and and make this as as, as screen accurate as i possibly can and it ended up being Again, a little bit insane down to the stitch level. So the direction of the stitches of every little detail in that patch. Even the, the imperfections, like the running stitch between the numbers, which usually are cut out, they were there in the originals. I wanted to have that in my reproduction, for example. Um, getting the, um, the colors, because you know every frame of the film it looks they look like they're a different color uh all the different elements the so you know ripley's suit looks like it's uh blue then it looks brown and it looks gray so i had to take all of that info all of that reference material and kind of imagine to myself what this patch would look like in real in 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 you know daylight and uh um and kind of try and match that with with what i had uh, to work with and I think I, I, I went through a few revisions of that uh, of printed revisions and I think that the one I have now is probably it's pretty good The influence or the the effect of Adam Savage's videos. I'm just curious about that. I remember seeing the one where he'd received your um, uh, jacket wings and he just was delighted. And honestly, I thought that maybe once you revealed that you were making the uniforms later, I thought maybe you guys had been talking about it or something because he totally hints at the possibility of an upcoming more accurate um, run of shirts. But then later on when you had you know, you had sent him the uniforms, the videos of him putting the uniforms on. And he, you know, 
one of the beautiful things about Adam Savage is when he loves something, he shows it on his face. He's so clearly in love with how this whole thing came together. But then the real testament is that multiple videos after that, he'll be doing some completely different prop and he'll still be wearing the Nostromo uniforms that you made just because that's what he wanted to wear. And what it showed to me was there is a, there's an amazingly immersive quality that comes from putting on the uniform from that film. And it's, I'm not saying it's unique to alien, but as a fan of alien that, that you know, I, I like, I like that added level of, of immersion. It's, it's a, it's a fun place or, or headspace to get into and the uniforms get you there immediately. So do you think that the Adam Savage, the repeated exposures you've gotten from Adam Savage really helped boost your business? Absolutely. No question. He, you know, he has a very big platform and what you were saying about the, the, the shirts, he, he didn't know that I was, that I started working on that. I think at the time uh, I may, may have said something, but it was kind of, I honestly don't remember. I think I, I mentioned it to him, but he was not like involved in, in me making the, uh, them. Um, he helped me some, you know, some, uh, some reference material that he had, but uh, it was kind of, I went and did my thing. And uh, the, I think the, the, the key key word is immersion, immersiveness. The reason I wanted to make these uniforms for myself in the first place was I wanted in a weird way to, to feel in that universe on that, uh, ship, I love, 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 love the design of the 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 living deck of the Nostromo. Love it, and I think that anything that I could do to feel close to that uh, space, you know, making these uniforms to feel as though they are genuine, real, and you know, it's it's. I mean, everything about these shirts and this jacket is the jacket basically i take apart and i build back up so it's completely functional completely it's not a museum piece piece if it uh for example the 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 screen print on the back it's heat treated so even if it gets wet like nothing would get ruined so everything i do i try to make it with as much thought as for for this to be almost like a daily wear you can wear it every day if you want for example, and uh, every detail about the shirt is also I took into account, you know, use uh, as much as I could. Because, you know, it's not something I. It's the first time I, I do something like this, but I did run it through uh, several, you know, friends of mine. You know, just take this and wear it and give me feedback about different aspects. For example, the the pen holder. So in the original shirts and in the film. They had the, the you know these pen loops on the shirts, but they didn't have a way for the there wasn't a space for for the pen to slide behind the the pocket flap, so they made holes in the fabric, and you can see it on Dallas's uh, screen worn shirt. There's just a hole behind the the pocket, and just slid the pocket the the pen there so that it looks good. It just had to look good on camera, right? And that's it. So for my shirts, I had like a little slot behind the pen, uh, the pocket flap so that you can, you know, slide it into the pocket and it's functional, usable. So in a way, yes, this is not screen accurate, but if it were, were to be screen accurate, they'd have to rip a hole in the fabric, for example. So if anyone wants to do that, he can, but I'm making these with the thought of, of the of these, you know, garments being uh, kind of everyday wear and usable and they're comfortable. I love wearing this stuff. I don't get many, you know, opportunities to wear these, but so this is a great opportunity. It's something that I love uh, in addition to the fact that these are usable articles is that, you know, a lot of the fandom experiences that we have are very extractive, right? Meaning like we watch the movies, we talk about the movies, we go to conventions. Sometimes we might try to build things, but usually it doesn't turn out particularly well. So a lot of the time it's more like we're sort of just the storytelling is coming at us. What I love about what you do and Christian and other people, for example, at RPF do is you are um, using your personal like vector into fandom in a very active way and almost communing with the spirits of 
the people who made the movie. People like John Molo, of course, who's come up a couple of times tonight, who of course was the famous British um, you know, costume designer who was responsible for many of the things that we're talking about tonight, right? So he's somebody who died, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago or so. And you know, he's not here to talk to us. But every time we wear articles of, I don't, actually don't personally have an Adam Ezekiel yet, but I'm going to get one if I can get on the waiting list. Uh, you know, when we when we interact with these articles, which I did during our film shoot, actually, luckily, we have a moment to sort of touch the spirits of these people and kind of put ourselves in that living moment because we can't build an Astromo at our house. You know, we can't walk into the set. Right. We can't have a functioning, you know, minigun turret from aliens that fires live ammunition. We, you know, there's there's things that we just will never get, but we can wear something with the exact same parachute cording that the jacket in the first alien film had. And that's a pretty profound thing. So what I'm kind of getting at here is can you give us a little bit of a window into what that experience has been like for you? Like, has it deepened your appreciation of the movie? Do you feel more in touch with it as a result of this project? Absolutely. I mean, I think that just researching these jackets, shirts, and pants, I must have watched the film specifically for this purpose at least 30 or 50 times, 30, 40, 50 times at least for every different, you know, just to maybe I, I missed, you know, an angle here or an angle there. And uh, even after that, after rewatching so many times, I I still notice details i didn't notice before and it's just really revealing of the 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 amount of of layers that was built into this film um really incredible you know i, I really feel that you know other people have spoken to this uh, before that you know every every department on the film were on their a game and it shows. And um, I think that that is part of what attracts me to this world, wants me to, you know, um, makes me want to, you know, feel more connected to it. So definitely, yes, I feel my my appreciation that I, you know, in the research process for, for this, I, you know, discovered that John Muller wrote about 10 books. I have most of them here because I wanted to see what was his inspiration what uh uh what inspired him what did he um you know what the process that he went to to reaching these designs for example um uh definitely every 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 aspect that that i kind of look at or or discover my appreciation for this for this film grows absolutely my question for you is, have you been able to see any of the original costumes in person at a museum? And what was that like? Like knowing that you do what you do and it was, I don't know if you would go for like, obviously you go for research purposes, but you're also going because you're a fan. So have you ever, have you ever seen a, a costume up front? Uh, I did see the, uh, there was an exhibit at uh, USC about six years ago or even more. Not, there was one three years ago. Was there another one before that too? You're saying uh, this was definitely more than three years ago. Mm-hmm. The one I saw, or maybe it was just before COVID. Yes, <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. One. It does. <laughs> we were there though. <laughs> okay, because there was nothing after that. So yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. So that probably was was that. And so so I saw I saw that. I later later understood that uh, maybe. Uh, a few a few of the the items there i lay uh, because you if you remember there was brett's hat there oh yeah and you know when i got there and i saw that i thought to myself oh my god this is brett's hat and afterwards you kind of figure out that eh, maybe it was a placeholder holder for brett's hat which is an entire other topic um uh but since then due to covid i was uh, I wish I had the opportunity. I, I haven't seen any of the original of the screen worn in person. I'm sure that most people listening have heard this story, but at the end of the production of Alien, Bob Burns contacted Fox wanting to put on this this Halloween haunted house based on the film. And they said, sure, we can lend you some stuff. And then this 16 wheeler or 18 wheeler or whatever pulls up in front of his house and it's 
pieces of the set and it's the face hugger and it's and it's costumes and it wasn't lend they just gave it to him and said you know you hold on to it and they've been able to borrow certain pieces back and forth um but he just has all of this amazing stuff and i don't know you were saying about like dallas's jacket maybe has gone missing and there's all these dubious brett hats but probably the best source for or the, the largest collection of these items is in Bob Burns's basement, and it's not open to the public. It's, uh, I don't know what the future holds for those, but it's, a, it's an amazing thing. I hope it doesn't go to auction. I hope that after Bob Burns has, has eventually passed, that there's some sort of a museum or something that will keep them together, um, and, but that we also could go visit and look at them because it is pretty amazing. I will um, say though, Bob Burns, if you happen to be listening, to this podcast tonight and you want to you know uh have another basement to store things in i just want to offer up my basement i would love that <laughs> or if he needs like we can do like a live show from his basement like yeah, we, can do- <laughs> we can work something out. i'm just saying bob you know if you're listening Here's an important question. It's kind of controversial. We, as you know, Adam, maybe you don't know, um, Christian and I hosted an event for Prop Store this past summer here in LA. Prop Store most recently had a photo of Brett's hat that was that they're auctioning. And right away, fans were like, that's not Brett's hat. That's not the original hat. And I'm curious what your take is on that. Is And was it the same hat that was in the display at USC. Not the same hat that was on display at USC. Clear, uh, if you look at photos of the two, it's just not the same hat. Um, Here's what I know about um, Brett's hat from the research that I did from the film and from some production photos is that the, the the scrambled eggs on the brim of the hat were uh, taken from a an American general's cap. So, and it's a very particular arrangement of the oak leaves. Uh, so, it's I think it was like um, eight leaves and five acorns, uh, which was a very it was available and was made in, during the 1950s, 1940s. Um, maybe early 1940s to mid 1950s, and if you look at both photos, you can see clearly that that's the design. And uh, it has certain uh, since I, you know, immersed myself so much in into uh, gold work embroidery, I can see certain elements in Brett's hat in the film that sh- that you can th- that that show up throughout the film. He's wearing the same hat through most of the film, except for the death scene and a few other uh, uh, snippets. But you can see that he's wearing a, a particular hat with that type of, of uh, gold wire uh, embroidery. And some of that embroidery is missing on the hat that was sold on on prop store. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, you know, talk bad about prop store too much, but uh, uh, this is would be like the fourth or fifth hat that shows up for auction, and uh, uh, none of them so far. I've even had so this is a crazy story, but about a year ago, uh, a person contacted me uh, after he saw the videos, and he wanted to show me. Uh, show me something, and he drove all the way from uh, from from LA to Las Vegas. I was living in Las Vegas at the time, and he had some interesting stuff. And then he pulls out what he claims at the time to be Brett's hat, the original Brett hat, and 
I'm not sure exactly as to the you know the his motives at the time. Maybe he was trying to get me to to buy it, but I could see immediately from my my work on on, on the on the uh, scrambled eggs cold wire and on the patch that the patch isn't a production patch. They're very distinct. It's very incredibly even the patches that I made uh, that I reproduced. I can see that you know no no one I don't think anyone can take these patches and pass them as production made as original patches. There's still some tells that are virtually impossible, like the posi- posi- needle positions and where the th- thread goes, type of thread. Um, so uh, I don't know. I'm I'm yet to see the the original Brett hats on auction or anywhere else for that point. We're gonna take a break and be right back. We all remember that moment, the first time we heard a theme from our favorite movie, how it stayed with us, comforted us, stirring our imagination. Sublime Noise is our Patreon-exclusive film score review show. Starting at just $4 a month, you will gain access to Sublime Noise, as well as our Warehouse of Framerate episodes, where we discuss and review our favorite films. To sign up, go to www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. I have to say, you know, I'm probably the least qualified person on the call tonight to make this uh, claim, but I thought that when I saw the Brett hat in person, it wasn't the actual hero prop Brett hat that I knew really well from the movie for a couple of reasons. One was to, to me, the scrambled eggs, admiralty stuff looked off and it also was really clean compared to a lot of the other props that I knew were used on screen in the other films. And it looked like it had been like something was, something was off with it. And uh, I'll, all I got to say is, you know, if, if the USC exhibitors or prop store are also listening to this and you feel like you want to get rid of these fake bread hats, you, I'll also take those. No, but seriously, um, it's really cool hearing a qualified opinion on this because, you know, it's easy. I think sometimes in fandom to kind of buy a lot of the bullshit, right? Like everybody always has like the first collectible that I ever got in my life. I was 12 and I sold like baseball cards to, to get money for it. And eBay was like just a thing. And I got what I was told were screen used shell casings from aliens, uh, which are not because the, the actual, the caliber of the bullet was off. And I didn't know that until I was an adult and I was like, wait a minute, like, that's not right. But you know, a 12 year old on eBay isn't going to know the difference. And you bet your ass, I told everybody I met for 15 years that those were screen used shell casings. But it's uh, it's easy, I think, sometimes to just sort of get swept up by the lore of these things, right? And um, and what I love about the provenance that you're establishing with these props and how things were actually made is you're cutting a lot of the bullshit out and getting to some real uh, accurate stuff. And I'm just thinking back to um, one of your postings on the uh, on RPF where you were going through the the type of buttons that you were using, which you were alluding to just a few moments ago. And the level of detail that you went into on these buttons was like, was crazy, well, not crazy in a bad way, but it was crazy in a like, oh my God, I did not know you could think about buttons as hard as you've thought about buttons. And then to see the comments on these forums of like dozens of people who were even, you know, going into greater detail about it, it's truly amazing. So I really recommend people listening to this who like me love the costuming and love the prop design and love all this stuff but haven't really done it yourself yet or don't really have a professional background in it to do things like scour the the prop forums like we're talking about to see the kind of depth of knowledge that really exists out there and um i guess my my last question for you as we kind of come around to a, a closing eventually is have you done this with anything outside of alien or at the moment is this really an alien specific thing for you adam um uh let me start with saying that that um um most of my my research and and uh evidence uh, in in a way i i i i post online everything um so i once i'm i established something and I, again i'm not i don't see myself as an authority on on anything i'm just you know i do my research and i think that it's uh fairly reasonable i'm i'm not claiming to be 100% accurate and uh, uh 
100% on everything, but I do put out all of my all, all of my research that I and and my, the conclusions that I make and I'm, I'm able and that I'm able to show physically, and um, um, yeah. But your question about uh, other things besides alien, uh, honestly, right now I am I would show you my my workshop right now around here, but I'm drowning in in jackets and shirts and pants. Uh, so I'm once I able to kind of get that out of the way. Uh, uh, um, there's so many other things that I want to do in the in the in the alien aliens also universe. Uh, uh, I still have to tackle Ripley's jumpsuit. Now that I have the exact webbing that they use, it's from that jumpsuit. Since then, it's been a few years, but I was able to acquire a few of the exact type of jumpsuits that they used in the film. So I have a template basically to make a pattern out of uh, uh, Brett's uh, uh, jacket. There's so many other little uh, little things that I, I I want to take. I just don't have the time. Like uh, the uh, we're talking with uh, Christian about it a few months ago about the make, uh, making a, I made a friend of mine um, a replica of the uh, uh, bypass uh, pouch that uh, Hudson uses. So I didn't forget about that. I'm gonna make you one. Um, but another thing I've been working on, kind of just to kind of wash my brain from Alien, I've been working on, uh, for example, replicas of the. Uh, of the this is again because I wanted this for myself. I wanted like a wallet for myself that looks like the flare pouch from Aliens. Remember, Ripley has that little pouch with the, the M94 marking flares, and I wanted to make myself uh, a wallet with that imprint on it. And that kind of, but that's something that's kind of on the on the back burner now. So there's so much in this in this. Uh, a universe that is is yet to be done. I feel that uh, I didn't even get the chance to think about other other things. Honestly, you have uh, branched out on your website, which is thestromocrew.com, um, to alien isolation. Like you, you re- reproduce the patch. You want to talk about that for a minute? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, the I just fell in love with the game. Again, because of the immersiveness of it, it's kind of a, a theme for me. Um, uh, because you know, I'm 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 more attracted to less into like action figures and things like that. I'm I like more things that I can wear, that I can use, that I can you know utilize. And uh, um, yeah, so that's one of the things I did is the the for these shirts. So I made the so that's the 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 shoulder patches that they that are seen in the game and they also made they even made uh i think creative assembly made for the launch of the game um a run of these patches for some event i have one of those and uh and i used that to kind of to make a run of the of the uh sevastopol uh shoulder patches um I also love the you know the in in the same theme of the of the, the design of of Alien like Ron Cobb's uh, like semiotic standard patches. I love that stuff. Um, what else? Like the uh, the blue wings. So besides besides the 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 gold and the silver wings on the shirts and the jackets, the rest of the crew wear blue wings that are kind of gull shaped, and uh, that's also something I made. The Brett hat we talked about, um, yeah, and there's just so much, so much to do. And I'm really, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I never expected to, for this to grow so much. I, I received like emails from people from all over the world that, you know, write to me about how this, you know, rekindled their, their love for the film. Uh, many uh, young people also uh, that, you know, early 20s that are really, really into this film, which is really uh, fun seeing because it's an old film, you know, 
Um, and I'm extremely grateful that I'm able to, to give back to this fandom community, which is really honestly so nice. And so there's, there's very little animosity and kind of, I, I, I kind of see from the side, like the Star Wars community is, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't want to show this or I got that. And I, I want, you know, the, the, the I, fi- I find so far, what I find is this community is very uh, open and nice. And uh, I enjoy that a lot. Um, my final question for you would be, before I get to it, though, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. And uh, it's great that this is your first podcast. Having been a fan of your work, I know you and I have spoken on um IG a couple of times, just looking at the quality of your work, seeing what you can do. And then of course, seeing it in person, it's just really amazing. And to have what you do available to some degree within fandom is a really amazing thing because most of the time people are like hunting down, well, how do I get a version of this? And who has a file that I can, you know, like uh, I can print or I can like make um, designs or whatever from, but to have you in the community um and somewhat available to like say hey well what size do you wear and what you know what are you looking for it's just it's an amazing thing and just to back up what you said about um this community it's really the alien community is a really special thing it you know it's it's unlike any other community that i've involved with and i'm involved in a lot of movie communities um because I, i just love movies but this one is just different it feels like a family um and i think part of that comes from as a as a group of people weathering the storm of the ip kind of disappointment after disappointment but rallying together and saying hey but we still love this universe there's things that we still love about it and you do that perfectly in the work that you do which leads me to my question is there anything that isn't an alien or well maybe alien in any of the canonical films maybe even the prequels that you're like this i want to do and maybe you don't have the time but you keep it keeps taking your attention whether it's a jacket from alien 3 or something like that i do love alien 3 and i do have a jacket from alien 3 awesome you can stay <laughs> uh, honestly um i think about it first of all thank you for the very kind words uh this is kind of you know i and it ended up being uh like what adam of uh six years or six or five years ago wanted to have available so that i could buy so that i could get this jacket this shirt and it just wasn't available um uh thinking about other uh, yeah i've just been so this this really this past year has been so insane that i've been just immersed in alien all the time um uh in this design style and this is also something that it's a little bit early but i've also been contacted to be a um costume designer on a new feature film so this is very, very early, but this is a person who purchased a few uniforms for me, saw the quality, and then contacted me about, I want, I saw the research you do. I saw how deep you go into this, these details. I love this style. And I want this same design style, the same John Molo, Ron Cobb, Sid Mead uh, design style for this film. Not an alien film, but the same kind of design universe. So I'm foreseeing that I will, will stay in the same, in the same design universe for, for quite a while right now. So I'm not even thinking about uh, uh, other things right now. Well, congratulations. That's such good news. That's very exciting. Thank you. It's crazy. Extremely insane. I would never imagine. So actually just to back to, to uh, go with that. You show your your research. That is one of the most wonderful things. There's because what you what you do when you when you show your research that way is you can take what you produced and put it side by side with a photo of the original prop or a still from the movie and say, look, you know, I followed this, and so therefore it it matches. You can you have that like the, the fact that the pocket on the arm 
actually could could have sunglasses put on it the way that John Hurt did in one promotional photo and nowhere else, but you did it. Um, and so, of course, that makes sense to me that someone would see that level of detail-oriented production and and tap you for for a future project. I think that's absolutely wonderful. But so, my final question for you is. Which which member of the Nostromo crew do you most uh, associate with or or gravitate towards? Who's your person? I think that since I since I since I saw this film as a kid, I really had had years and years of my childhood when I thought to myself, in this situation, what would Ripley do? It was it was it switched between what would Ripley do and what would Indiana Jones do. Uh, you know, so that's kind of was my, 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 my go-to inspiration. And the first thing I wanted to get from this film was Ripley's jumpsuit, but I don't have the figure and it's very difficult. So, uh, but yeah, Ripley hundred percent in that film, her development in that film. I just love that. That jumpsuit is going to be your white whale. And one of these days, Adam, you're going to go back and you're going to make the perfect Ripley jumpsuit and you'll come full circle on this whole journey. I feel it. It's an insane project because it's a jumpsuit. So it's very difficult. It's like a one size and that's it. And the detail on, on the back, uh, that compression part on the small of her back is, is very complicated. Um, uh, but it's, 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 it's on the list. That's so exciting. Hey, before we wrap, just uh, I want to do a quick patron shout out. And before I do that, I also want to redirect people again, as Christian mentioned, to nostromocrew.com, which is also in the show notes, which is where Adam posts his work and you can buy it. And, you know, there are there are things worth hundreds of dollars in there that you can have fit to order and, you know, major purchases like that, which you should also do if you can afford to. But there's also patches like we were just talking about the Sevastopol patch that's, you know, under $10. And you can get these things that are beautifully made and you can have them, you know, as part of your fandom. And uh, you can have Adam's firsthand work, you know, right there. Christian, you're going to say something? Well, the the blue wings, every other vendor on eBay, Etsy, wherever, they're all wrong. I have no idea what they had in front of them when they made them. Adam is the only one that is making them correctly. And they're they're very, very economical. So if you want to add anything to, uh, of the Nostromo to your uniform or to any jacket, go to NostromoCrew.com and you can get some wonderful things. Uh, thank you so much. And really, I'm on uh, since it's just me. And uh, so I can do a lot of I do do a lot of custom custom orders. Uh, so I'm very open for, you know, if someone has specific requests for certain things, um, it's just me. So just like, you know, shoot me a message or or email me. I'm at uh, so nostromacrew.com. Like you said, I'm also nostromacrew on Instagram and on Facebook, just nostromacrew one word. And my email is adam at nostromocrew.com. Doesn't get easier than that. Uh, so thank you again so much, Adam, for being on here. And also, this is the last thing that we're recording uh, of any of our shows during calendar year 2022. And, uh, you know, we're reflecting back on an incredible year where we, we've done so much. Of course, just a few weeks ago, we shot a short film, which features in it some Adam Ezekiel handiwork, which is really exciting. And we've had an amazing, amazing year that has been funded it, it completely by our patrons who have allowed people to fly in for things, who have allowed costume pieces to be shipped with insurance, who have helped to support personnel uh, on both shows who needed expenses covered for various things that came up to get new microphones and things. You, you are the reason we can do that. And here at the twilight of this crazy year that we've all had, we just want to say thank you so very much from the bottoms of our hearts for all of your support. And I just want to take two seconds and read actually it's going to be more than two seconds because we got a bunch of new patrons this year but uh the list of people who have joined since january uh and of course if you want to see everybody's names you can go to perfectorganism.com support it's also where you can get instructions on how to register for patreon if you haven't already we put out probably three to four hours maybe three hours of additional content minimum per month that you can only get if you're a patron and we're really proud of that, actually. We've done some really cool stuff. That's been a whole other stream of not only income, but of artistic fulfillment you know, over the last couple of years for us. So if you want to hear that, please do consider joining. Uh, for just $4 a month, 
you get access to everything we've ever done on there. And, uh, and, you know, and you also help to support all the stuff we do. So uh, if you want to read everybody's names, head over there. And in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and butcher some names out loud here. So going back to January 14th, we had Shantanu Thakur. Retronauts does adventure game episodes shortly thereafter, followed by Jason Judah, who did our 40th anniversary Blade Runner t-shirt this year on Shoulder of Orion, which was commissioned using Patreon money. So thank you for that. Ben Rush, Greg Bromley, Marcus, Devin Q, Jordan Patnode, uh, Sander Kempen, Nick DeBauer, Philip Pace, Eric Gordon, Natasha Blockoff, Nolan Eller, Abir Tarafdar, Yosarian, Amanda Fisher, Blood Hut, Blood Hut, Stephen Riquez, Richard Alonso, Vincent Harris, Steve Peterson, Adrian Persolia, Don Lawler, Vertigo, Stephen Barton, James, Larry Cornette, Martin Griffin, Thomas Johnstone, Otachi Babadook, and that is our most recent name, and what a great name to end with, Mr. Babadook. <laughs> Welcome. I'm assuming you're not the actual Babadook because that would be a problem. But thank you so much to everybody who supported us this year. Thank you so much to Adam for coming on, uh, yes, and thank, thank you so you, much Adam. to Christian for introducing us to Adam's work. I mean, we actually, you know, we, we had we've been fans of your work before this because you know we've we've long admired your projects. But Christian, having Christian on board was kind of the thing that pushed us over the edge to like let's get him on the show. So thank you. So Thank much, you Adam. so much. It was a pleasure. Uh, Jamie, Patrick, Christian, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Thanks. To find out more information about Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please go to www.perfectorganism.com If you would like to support the show, please go to www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.